Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks that they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. I just want everyone to know that I'm using the singular they there, as in the gender-neutral internet. Oh. I don't remember what you said. When did you say that? Yeah, I didn't hear you say it. I said we provide the life hacks oh, that, right. to the in- internet that they demand. <laughs> they demand. I Is the internet, internet sentient yet? Are they uh, actively listening to us? I think... No, capital T, they like yes. the government. No, 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 not no? that. Oh, okay. I don't want. I don't want to give the life hacks to the government. I want to give it to the gender-neutral internet, which is the hive mind of humanity. Mm, see, okay. but if it's a hive mind, that feels plural to me. Mm, but its mind is singular. Mm. This is... Uh, I think Star Trek got in a little heat recently for their first... Uh, their first non-binary character being uh, uh, one of those trill composite people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a. Do you, are you aware of? You're both Star Trek nerds enough to know what a trill is. Oh yes. Okay. That episode where Beverly Crusher totally banged that guy, and then he turned into a girl. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so a human gets a trill uh, parasite or whatever it is. Uh, symbiote, mm. symbiont. Yep. Symbiote. Uh, Hold on. I thought it was established in one of the Star Treks, either Deep Space Nine or Next Generation. That, that humans can't. The symbiote yeah. couldn't live. Yeah, couldn't live in a human. Yeah, not for a long time. Right. That's that same episode because the they put the 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 symbiote from uh, the guy that Beverly Crusher is banging into Riker, and then he got even hornier. And was like, come on, impossible. <laughs> uh, no, they there's some kind of space magic reason that I don't remember because okay. it was a couple seasons ago or last season. Star Trek Discovery moves very quickly at a at a rapid pace, uh, mm-hmm. but um, there's a human character who uh, goes by they, and they have to eventually establish like, no, I mean like. In a singular sense, and also mm. because I'm a trill hive mind, they kind of like <laughs> had to be like, hey, just so you know, audience, we get it that making the gender expansive characters weird aliens was not great. So we're going to be specific now. What about that episode of Next Generation from way back where there's the planet of people who have no gender and they all have to yeah. be like, perfectly androgynous so they're like exactly between men and women oh right and, and Riker them, falls in love with one of them yeah, and one of them's like no I'm a woman and they're like boo you can't be yeah <laughs> you're canceled what about that <laughs> uh that was them trying to deal with that situation ham-handedly like 30 years ago oh everything That's Star Trek true. did was trying to deal with uh, a progressive social issue ham-handedly <laughs> that is also true I feel like you can't expect Star Trek to deal with social issues in a non-space magic way because it's fucking Star Trek. That'd be like being like, oh, how dare the Twilight Zone present a social issue, but then there's a supernatural twist at the end. Like, yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. At least they're doing something. At least they're bringing it up. It's, I don't know. To me, it's part of the charm of, like... Oh, the only way we can have an interracial kiss on television is if they're both mind controlled and hate it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like that's okay. Yeah, you you're very stretching the uh, the limits of of my uh, what, what's that? What do you call suspension it? Of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief. There it is. That's the term. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for remembering yeah. any words. <laughs> but like, 
the whole power of sci-fi has always been you could do this so that the people who it's intended for will be like finally like a step towards a step closer to representation not necessarily yeah. full representation but better and then all of the shitheads who don't know better are like mm, this is just aliens i don't have to worry about it eroding family structures or whatever yeah i wonder if that's it's very frustrating i wonder if that's the problem partly mm. Because there's that whole issue with, like, chuds on Twitter being like, why do you have to make RoboCop political? Right, yes. <laughs> like, well, it's you're just stupid. It was political before, <laughs> you're just either dumb or insincere or both. Yeah, yeah. I remember people having a thing about, um, people were saying Garnet on Steven Universe, like, oh, it's so nice to see a strong black female character who's, like, a main character and important and a bunch of people are like, uh, she's purple, she's not black. I don't know what you're, you think you're talking about. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you dummies, <laughs> you stupid idiots. <laughs> a black like, woman does her voice, of course she's a black character. She's yeah. voiced by Estelle and has, like, a, like, big shaped afro. Like, yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't, people literally were like, but she's purple, so you're wrong. Yeah, that's not an afro, that's a square helmet or whatever. <laughs> like, come on. I think people get into the same, uh, like, you you're both a little too old to have been Doug kids, right? I watched some of Doug. I didn't. Skeeter Skeeter's black. Absolutely, yes. No he question. Was the animated Stephen Urkel. Yeah, I I Stephen. Oh wow, you're on such formal terms. With uh, I treat nothing but respect for my Stephen Urkel King. Thank you very much. <laughs> what is hmm, what is Urkel's middle name? I wanted to call him by his full proper Stephon. name. <laughs> Stephen Stephon Urkel. Urkel. Urkel Urkel. <laughs> he has a hyphenated last name. Yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's probably like Poindexter or something, isn't it? Uh, Stephen Quincy Urkel. Quincy. That's close to Poindexter. Pretty good. It might as well be Poindexter. <laughs> apologies to all of our Quincy fans, but no apologies to our Poindexter fans. You know, I bet they named him Quincy just so he could have a moment where he's like, or my name's not Stephen Q. Urkel, right? Mm, probably. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, we we didn't, we haven't, we haven't respected Julia White enough. Yes, he's it's very true. good. He's incredible. He was so good on that episode of Psych where he was in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> yes, yes he was. He's yeah. the only person who I ever thought did a good job as the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's and true. his performance of Urkel as a child is like genuinely pretty good. Yeah. It is actually. Like he's playing it real broad and terrible like um Oh, what's his name? Oh, darn it. I can't think of his name anymore. Uh, oh, um, the, the, the guy. Who's like the nutty professor, the original yeah. one. Uh, yeah, the God. guy who does all the French Ooh. fundraising. Uh, yes. What is, he has the same name as the Great Balls of Fire guy. Uh, Why can't we remember Jerry this? Lewis, Jerry Lewis, Jerry oh Lewis, God, Jesus God. Christ. Oh, oh my, as soon as you said as the same performance as, I'm like, yeah, yeah it's the yeah. Simpsons <laughs> yeah. professor. And I can but, see him in my mind wearing those horrible fake buck teeth. Ugh. But he has so much range, too. Like, he can be a cool guy. I mean, Stefan Urkel is is exhibit A, but like he's been in so many other things as a cool guy. He is a great voice performer. There's he's like a bit part on Fresh Off the Boat and he has to play opposite Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Jesus. <laughs> and he does a good enough job that he lifts Kareem Abdul Jabbar's performance to being an acceptable one somehow. Hey, I like Kareem Abdul Jabbar's <laughs> acting. He's just very low key. That's the only thing. 
he's definitely better than many other basketball stars turned actors, but he's still not as good as an actor. Yes, I can never, ever say a bad thing about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because I find it so charming that he has used his fame to be like, you know what? I want to write novels about Mycroft Holmes as my career now. (laughs) Yes. Very good. I also think, like, is... Okay, so the movie Airplane is definitely cancelled now, yes? Like, there's probably... I haven't watched it in ten years. It's probably so problematic that it's unwatchable. I want to say... No, I want to say it's very funny still. It holds up better than a lot of comedies of the era. If Mm -hmm. someone were to tell me they find the movie offensive because of whatever reason, I would have to concede that. But I still think there's some value in that movie. Yeah, I I think that it it walks a very tight line where it is not mean-spirited in... uh, It's it's joking about controversial subjects, but, like, I can also see wanting to avoid it. Yeah, you can see the sexism and racism in it. I think there are parts of it that are better than that. But, you know, if someone told, told me they can't watch it because of that, fine. It is one of the few PG movies that has a topless woman in it. (laughs) Yes, I was going to say. Well, that sells it just right there. (laughs) So, kids, when you're going to Blockbuster Video... I love the idea of an adult with no children involved in the scenario being like, I need to see a topless woman, but I need to find a PG version. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Anyway. Yeah. uh, Airplane, what about it? You had a point. Sorry. Didn't you have oh, a point about I? Airplane? I thought you didn't. Kareem oh, Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, just that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is so good in it. Yes. And, like, even if the rest of the movie is maybe problematic, I feel like just the joke of a guy who looks like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and is annoyed about it all the time turning into the joke that it is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> yes. and he's for some reason moonlighting as an airplane pilot. I can't get over the <clears throat> incredibly funny, still to me to this day, perfect physical comedy of the crisis when uh, all the pilots and most of the staff and most of the passengers all have food poisoning and become unconscious and they're in a panic trying to pull him out of the co-pilot seat so they can use it to fly the plane and under his uh, blazer and uh, suit and tie top he's got basketball shorts and tube socks (laughs) yes (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny but it's so funny to me still yes I oh, why <laughs> yeah, like why? it's it's a very funny <laughs> everything about it is a very funny joke but sometimes I forget that I guess the Zucker Abrams and Zucker when they sat down at their typewriter to write this script one of them came up with the joke that it was uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar yeah. and that stayed in the script somehow <laughs> like what a wild joke what yeah. what a wildly specific thing to make a joke about. Yeah. I wonder if he really liked one of their previous movies or something, and they were like, let's get him in this movie. He'll do it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they were just, like, a generic sports star, and we'll just take whoever we can get. I don't know. Yeah. There's... Ugh. This this movie almost had a much crazier cast. I'm looking at the production, and, and the lead role was written for David Letterman. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Why? What was he That would have been so that? much worse. Uh, was he just a stand-up? I think that he was, yeah, just a comedian at the time. He auditioned <sighs> for Kentucky Fried Movie, their previous oh, film. Okay. Uh, Bill Murray and Fred Willard were also considered. I think either of those could have done an okay job. I feel yeah. like, I think that David Letterman is too... 
jokey. Ha- hammy. Yeah, the the main actor has to be the compl- straight man, kind completely of. Straight. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Fred Willard could have done that amazingly. I don't know if Bill Murray could have. Bill Murray kind of made a career out of being the straight man that still tells all the jokes somehow. Yeah, that's true. How did he do that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and Leslie Nielsen did after the movie Airplane as well. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> somehow, yeah, that is true. Yeah, that's such the, a weird role. They intentionally everyone. cast like a bunch of people who hadn't done comedy, like mm-hmm. Leslie Nielsen and Robert Stack and people like that. Yeah. But somehow they got lucky, and all those people are really great at comedic timing for lines that aren't aren't meant to be comedic. I don't know if they got lucky. I, I wonder if they like auditioned a bunch of people and could tell who had a good sense of humor. Maybe, maybe. Uh, before they want before they cast Leslie Nielsen, they almost cast Christopher Lee and Dom DeLuise in that role. In Again, I, I think Christopher in Lee could have been Leslie Nielsen's role. Yeah. Tom DeLuise, oh my god, he would not stop mugging to the camera, that would be terrible. Correct. Yeah. Alright, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Christopher Lee would have been able to pull it off. Yes. I think so, yes. Yes. I always get Christopher Lee confused with that other guy from um, that movie where he's friends with a robot. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, <laughs> Frank Langella? Frank Langella. <laughs> yeah, Robot you. and Frank. I- Yep, that's the one. I just okay. saw a trailer for that movie because I watched a Blu-ray from ten years ago. <laughs> Why did someone think that was a good idea for a movie? I think it... What if an old man was friends with a robot? That's your premise. I think it got good reviews. It couldn't have. It's impossible. I mean, Frank Langella's pretty good, though. No, I saw him do King Lear at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, and it was literally the worst stage performance I've ever seen of any human ever. But did you see him play Skeletor in Masters of the Universe? I probably did. I was very into He-Man when I was a kid, but I don't have any memories of that movie. Yeah, also, same. I'm sure we've watched it, but I can't remember anything about it. Yeah. It seems like it should be a huge hit, right? Like one of those, man. Yeah, well, I mean, like the movie version, Masters of the Universe, seems like it should be held in the same regard as like Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger and like cheesy action movies like that. I think the problem with it is it wasn't uh, like Conan or something. It wasn't like sex and violence enough to be an adult action movie, mm. and it also didn't wasn't enough for kids to tie into the toy toys at all. Yeah, the problem is that <laughs> He Man the franchise has a very stupid plot mm-hmm. and only a child could like the plot and a child couldn't have watched the he-man movie without being deeply confused <laughs> yeah <clears throat> oh, boy anyway louisa what did you do this week uh this week i finished all my christmas shopping thank goodness wow yeah you've I'm done like, it i am just gonna sit down and make myself do this and just mm-hmm. go through it because I always do kind of the same thing. Like, I think about what someone I'm buying for likes, I look at their wish list if they have one, and, like, I get ideas, spin from there. And I always end up having, like, one or two things that I'm like, I think it's going to be this. And then I sit around kind of agonizing about it for, like, two weeks and then end up ordering it anyway. So yeah. this time I'm like, fuck it. As soon as I'm like, they would like this, I buy it. <laughs> I think that's the only way to live. Can we have a momentary discussion about the philosophy of wish lists? <clears throat> uh, yes. Okay. Agreed. Jeff? Motion yeah, go for it. Okay. I've been made fun of a lot this year and over the course of my life, but especially <laughs> this past year, because I keep an Amazon wish list 
and I try to keep a minimum of like 25 to 30 things on it. Mm-hmm. And people are like, what the fuck? You got so many things on your wish list or whatever. But to me, the point of a wish list isn't, I want you to buy me all of these things. Right. Rather, it is, this is a list of things that I'm into. And if you got me one of these things, that would be great. But also, hopefully this gives you an overview of the mm-hmm. kinds of things I like, so that if you want to go off-roading, you've got a framework to work within. Yeah. I think a lot of people have the philosophy that a gift has to be thought up in their own mind and perfect for the person. And if you don't do it that way, you're doing gift giving incorrectly. But I feel like that, although that's great if you can do it, it fails so often or it's so much work for the giver that sometimes it's nice just to go, oh, they want this. Okay, I'm going to give them this. Yeah. Yeah. I And I think like if you have a wish list that only has three things on it, then you are you are locking the person into buying yeah. you one of those three things in a way that if you provide people with a pastiche of your personality, mm-hmm. then you give them the option. Buy one of these things, I'll be happy. Or try to f- extrapolate from this as to what other things you think I would like. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and also it's very tough if you want something, but you know you want a specific thing. It's tough to just be like, get me a new kitchen scale, because you don't want them to do that. You want them to get you this one kitchen scale that you want. (laughs) Yes, Jen and I have every year a conversation about, here is the thing that I want that I want this this specific one and nothing else, and I don't (laughs) trust to put it on my wish list, so here is a picture of the thing I want. Get me this exact one, please. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in favor of wish lists. I don't think that's cold and impersonal at all. I know a lot of people do think that, but yep. I think it's better to take away some of the pressure of gift giving because in commercials, it's always built up that like, wow, he bought her the perfect necklace. It couldn't be more perfect. Mm-hmm. And no one's having those Christmas experiences. You just want to open it and be like, oh, thanks. This is really nice. And I like that you got it for me. Thank you. (laughs) That's all you should be wanting. And then you can take away a lot of the stress in your life. Yeah. Can we also take away the stigma against giving people money for holidays and birthdays and stuff? Because, like, as a person who is kind of trying to save up for a house, I would love if people just gave me some money that I could put into savings to to (laughs) put towards a house instead of... A th- another thing that I ha- that I don't want and that they like came up with in their mind that is unrelated to my interests. Yeah, that's true. But then it's hard to. I find that is can be more impersonal if someone just gives you some cash. It depends. I think if you if you were like, hmm, this I don't know what this person is up to. I'm just going to give them cash and not think about it. That's yeah. impersonal. But yeah. if you're like. I know that Matt is interested in buying a house in the next couple of years, and I want to give him, I'll give him a card that's like, put this towards your dream home, or whatever. That's not impersonal. You thought about what I'm doing and what my life is like, and he gave me a gift related to it. That's the most personal. Mm. Then I guess the difference there would be knowing that the person wants that money. Yeah, but I guess my point is, I don't feel like that's inherently a money gift thing. Like, if you give somebody anything out of the mentality of, I don't really know what this person wants, so I'm just going to give them X, that's what makes it impersonal. Yeah, just giving anyone ecstasy is not how you do <laughs> gift giving. Actually. 
have they I mean, hinted that I they want to take ecstasy? Yeah. That's an important clue. It's very yeah. important to think about. If they've ever d- said that they wanted to uh, touch strangers in a rave for eight hours, then they, that means they probably want to try ecstasy. Do they already own a furry neon cat in the hat hat? Yeah. How wide are the legs of their pants? These are important questions. <laughs> have they thought, this t-shirt's comfortable, but I would like to feel like it's the most comfortable thing that's ever touched me. Mm-hmm. So you I've always wanted little... to get back into pacifiers, but <laughs> what's the on-roads? So what Jeff's saying is you could enhance any gift, actually, by <laughs> slipping a little bit of ecstasy yeah, in there. Put a little, can, uh, you, can you absorb ecstasy through your skin? <laughs> you need to invest into in the science to develop... Uh, what is that called? Topical? Yeah, topical ecstasy. So that you that, can make all of your gifts better. Is that yeah. that spray that the Joker had? <laughs> <laughs> is that what he oh did? Oh my god, ecstasy yeah, is probably. just Joker venom. Yep. <laughs> you could make the most popular brand of temporary tattoos ever invented if you could figure out how to make uh, topical ecstasy. I feel like people do that. Maybe they just have stickers you put on your tongue, but don't people do something like that for raves? Is that that's acid? Is that acid? I think acid oh, usually. Yes, is acid the same acid. thing as ecstasy? It didn't occur to me that it was strange until I said it that the Joker's uh, laughing poison is called Joker venom. It implies oh, that there's a, it implies that he like excretes it from a gland. <laughs> there's another Batman villain named Venom. <laughs> is there? That's a Spider-Man Isn't villain. There? Oh yeah, you're right. I was thinking of Bane, who uses Venom, but not Joker Venom. Oh, but what if he did? Both oh my god, that's the crossover we want. <laughs> yes. Actually, I guess that's the plot of Batman: Arkham Asylum, kind of. Oh yeah, Joker becomes Bane what? in that one. <laughs> Venom yes. and Bane can't ever kiss because Venom has a huge uh, monster mouth and Bane doesn't mm-hmm. have a mouth at all. Yep. So yeah. mm-hmm. this is the tragedy same, of them. Same with Gene Simmons and Bane. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Gene Simmons and Slender Man, that's what I should okay. have said. Yes, yes, there we go. <laughs> oh, fuck, I would watch that, though. <laughs> yeah, they're both black and white, mm-hmm. but they can never kiss. Yep. Because they have opposite mouths. <laughs> <laughs> that's their uh, two houses alike in dignity yeah incompatible op- opposite not complementary opposite oh my god when is Hollywood going to be brave enough to make a remake of Romeo and Juliet starring Gene Simmons and Slender Man <laughs> uh, probably oh, as soon as we're fuck. done making Spider-Man movies yeah. we'll never be done making Spider-Man movies since they started they will never stop Mm-hmm. It took them so long to get started, though. They were developing mm-hmm. that first one for, like, ten years before it came out. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But uh, I think that the fact that they gave it to Sam Raimi shows that they gave up <laughs> on making it no, good. Man. We can't talk about this again. <laughs> so, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, I bought tickets to see the new Spider-Man movie on December Ooh. 16th, Thursday, at 3.30 p.m. Now, I'd heard that they'd stopped making Spider-Man movies. Is that not true? <laughs> no, no. Uh, this is a proposed distant future. Uh, oh, I Where see. perhaps they may stop making Spider-Man movies. <laughs> but no, they also did... They've just announced uh, two things. They announced, one, uh, that there will be an additional trilogy of Tom Holland MCU Spider-Man movies. Fuck. Spider-Man uh, will return in... Yeah. Spider-Man, back to home... Because the studio was like... Why are they making this the home series? Right? Because it was obviously set up to be, like, school things. Yeah. So, like, the second one should have been, like, study abroad or field trip. 
And then the yeah. third one could be graduation. Yes. But that's a good point. no, they're like, home, that's the key. Like, the cartoon series that's coming to Disney Plus is called Freshman Year. Like, come on! It's right there! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. To, here's a real question. Were they trying to make it uh, established as a smaller scale than the other Marvel movies, being like, here he is in Hell's Kitchen, and this is all he cares about. It's not from Hell's Kitchen. I'm He's from Queens. Daredevil. Forest yeah. Hills, Queens. Queens. Here he is in Queens. It's no, all they, about his adventures in Queens. They make him into baby Iron Man anyway. Damn it. Guys, I figured it out. This is all leading to a Sherlock Holmes crossover, Spider-Man Sherlock Holmes. Is Explain? Spider-Man Sherlock Holmes? Holmes? Holmes. Oh, yeah, there we go. Sure, Spider-Man Holmes coming. Okay. <laughs> yep, exactly. I, I get it. Now I understand it. I don't know why I didn't make that connection immediately. Is, should I have made a joke about it being a porno with Spider-Man and Sherlock Holmes, Holmes coming? No, okay. <laughs> I was already thinking it. You didn't have to. Yeah, that's um, why. I we were all thinking sure. it. Okay. <laughs> um, Jeff said he's going to see a new Spider-Man movie next week. Didn't you say that, Jeff? Uh, the 16th. Not So, not this okay. upcoming week, but... but- this whole time I've been racking my brains about, is there a new Spider-Man movie? What is this? Yep. Yeah, it's the third Tom Holland one. It's the one with all the, with, it's got Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in it. And I, oh, I, we saw a trailer for that over the summer, right? Yeah. I figured yeah, that trailer meant it, Alfred Molina's back as Dr. Octopus, and he's like, this okay. isn't my fucking Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, swears. <laughs> yeah, they get, it's PG-13, so they get one F word and they give it to Alfred Molina. <laughs> Uh, who else would you give little. it to? Are you kidding me? Of course it goes down. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. No, I want to see Doctor Strange swear. <laughs> I only want to see him swear if he does an old-timey swear like piss. Yeah. <laughs> ah, piss, he says in his bad American accent. <laughs> what is this Spider-Man bastard doing in my lair? He says in his perfect American accent. Da- damn it to hell, Peter. Mm-hmm. How dare how dare you bring this piss to me, you bastard. Son of a bitch. <laughs> what are you trying to put some kind of coxcomb on my head? He says. <laughs> hey naughty naughty Peter Parker. <laughs> Bloody hell. Bollocks. He says in his American accent. <laughs> <laughs> Has there ever been a Spider-Man where he travels back in time, and because his outfit kind of looks like a Commedia dell'arte outfit, he uh, becomes a jester in the court of uh, an Italian nobleman? Boy, I you're saying kind of what 1612 yeah, was about. That's what I was going to say yes. In, uh, I think it was six, 1602. Twelve felt I think right. It's 1612. One of those. 16 whatever. The Neil Gaiman one where it's uh, old timey. Yeah, Spider-Man basically wears a jester costume. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so he's sort of like the Joker of the Marvel Universe. Mm. Um, but they mm-hmm. also just announced... He also has Venom. 1602, you were absolutely right, Jeff. I'm sorry. Okay, no, that's fine. I, I've had, I have an open mind about remembering things incorrectly now, more so than I have in my past. <laughs> so I usually just assume that the other person is right, unless I'm absolutely sure, and then I start yelling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how you flip your switch? Yeah, that, like, Time to yell. Uh-huh. Uh, I uh, they just announced another Spider-Man movie, one that everyone is way more excited about. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part One. They announced it with a clip from the movie, even though it comes out next October. 
Uh, Damn, that's uh, a long way away. Well, those those um like Pixar-y ones take a fucking long time to put together, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this it started with just like a clip that was in the normal animation style of like uh, Gwen Gwen Spider Gwen is back hanging out with Miles, uh, and then it goes into like a very stylized trailer with Spider Man twenty ninety nine, uh, and I think that this movie is gonna look way crazier because I got. Like, it seems like what they wanted us to think when watching the trailer part of it was like, ah, this is sort of like a fun opening credits representation of what will what the movie will be like. But, like, all of the weird trailer stuff for the first movie ended up just being what the whole movie looked like. <laughs> so I think that this movie's right. just gonna look, like, way cooler and weirder than the first I one. I don't know that I like that. I... I really thought that they nailed the, like, visual tone in the first one so well. I'm mm. worried that going even crazier will be off-putting. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm, I'm hoping that they'll, you know, keep it to the action scenes. Sort of like, the starting point will be, uh, <laughs> the, the sort of last fight, and then the action scenes are gonna get, you know, more fun as they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. That Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. It, I like that movie a lot. Uh, it's the best Spider Man movie. Everyone agrees, right? For sure. I do like it. I'm afraid that the second one wouldn't be able to recapture the correct tone, but mm. you know, maybe they can. I liked that everyone had such low expectations for it, and then it beat those expectations. Now I feel like everyone's going to be like, well, this is obviously going to be the greatest thing that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. I, what I. The only thing I want from it is for one scene for Miles Morales to meet uh, one live-action Spider-Man who is just a human superimposed into the movie for, like, ten seconds. <laughs> a reverse Roger Rabbit, exactly. if you will. Either that, very good. or that cartoon Miles has to show up in this multiverse uh, Spider-Man movie I'm going to see in a week and a half. I mean, I genuinely think it would be pretty cool to see... That that sp- that cartoon Miles Morales represented by a real human actor. Yeah, that would be if nice. he crossed over into our universe where Spider Man is real. Yeah, I was gonna say who would be cast, but I literally don't know any child actors anymore, so I have no idea. I don't even know who does the voice now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, to the Spider Verse. Um, have you guys been uh, speaking of? Because okay, so Into the Spider Verse has uh, Gwen Stacy voiced. By Haley Steinfeld. Right. Uh, okay. And Haley Steinfeld is now starring as one of the eponymous characters in the Disney Plus series, Hawkeye. Um, she's a Hawkeye? Yeah, she's uh, the Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the- I thought she would be Speedy or whatever the sidekick of Hawkeye is named. <laughs> That's Green Arrow's Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot that Sidekick. Hawkeye and Green Arrow are such different characters. Yeah, one of them's purple and one of them's green. Come on. Those are opposite colors. Uh, if only they'd call him Purple Hawkeye, then yeah. If only that purple and green had one color in common, like blue, then maybe we could they could find some common ground. Yeah, some kind mm, of... That's how they have their uh, Batman and Superman moment. Mm-hmm. Some kind of blue they arrow that man. Blue Beetle is the perfect Venn diagram intersection. Ooh. Uh... Yeah, no, I, uh, side, tangential side note, watch that Hawkeye show, it's pretty good. No, it can't be, I refuse to believe this. I do hate Jeremy Renner with I a fiery passion. 
Oh, his face makes me so angry. He's he never gets anything to do in those Avengers movies. Uh, but he's I've seen him in other things and he's enjoyable. But he's terrible as a person. That's is true. part of it. I I guess my expectations are really low for actors these days. Where someone who's like kind of cringy and uh, corny and tells like odious jokes on press tours is like. Maybe a C for me versus the ones who like harass people out of careers. Yeah, I get it. Uh, he just he just seems so much like the character in every teen drama that the main character is friends with at first, but then pressures him into being a bad person, and so he has to stop being friends with that guy so that he can go on and become a better guy. You know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, in every high school show about, like, a kid who is new to school, he joins the football team and becomes friends with all those guys, and then they're like, ha-ha, let's all make jokes about how all the other girls at school are sluts and get drunk even though we're underage and stuff, and then that main character has to go on a journey to realize that they aren't his real friends. Mm, and they get yes, in a fight, he's like, I don't want to live your life, he says. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the friends that you need to realize were never your real friends is Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Um, they're doing interesting things with, with Hawkeye in this show. Impossible. And also, I would say- Wait, does he go blind and then help old man Wolverine to reclaim re, uh, his past? Because then I would be interested. No, but all of the explosions he's been near for the past ten years of Marvel movies have caused him to go fully deaf in one ear. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, not at all uh, important to his quote-unquote superpower. <laughs> But it is important to him not getting snuck up on, uh, so, I don't know, they're doing interesting things with it, because then also one of the villains, I think, like, someone who's not actually going to end up being a villain, but is currently an antagonist in the story, is a deaf Native American woman, who has already been announced to be getting her own Disney Plus series later, uh, so that's interesting, um, I think they're doing interesting things with the fact that Kate Bishop is, like, a rich white lady who just, you know, decides to get really into bow and arrows and has the resources to, like, get the training to do that and become a real, uh, a real horse girl about it. And she's played <laughs> by Gina Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't get that joke, I'm sorry. Gina Davis was a, uh olympic level archer after her film career because she was rich enough and bored oh yeah. huh that's fun um yeah. what, who was um uh mary elizabeth winstead in that birds of prey movie she was also a bow and arrow huntress, huntress. okay i this whole time i'm like was she, was she, also she was a, she was more of a universe. crossbow person and okay. I, like I, I know in that movie they kind of made it out like she was a marksman, but I've always believed that Huntress is not particularly good at using a bow and arrow, uh, a crossbow. Okay. She's just willing to. Yeah. She, they didn't her superpower is that she likes, she doesn't mind completely fucking up bad guys and doesn't care if they die. That's her superpower. I was gonna say, I did think they did a good job in that movie of establishing her as someone who just really likes weapons an awful lot. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I get the confusion. It's another brunette uh, purple-costumed arrow lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is 
I guess it's just because it's easy to draw arrows. <laughs> Is that why there's so many comic book it's, arrow characters? It's almost definitely because Errol Flynn Robin Hood was popular in the 50s when all this stuff was made, right? Oh, yeah. And they're like, let me think back to what was ki- cool when I was a kid. Bows and arrows, still cool today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to draw yeah. a comic about it. I guess, but you don't see a lot of pirate-themed superheroes, which were also mm. very popular. Mm, but if... If superheroes were real, what would the comic books be about? I propose, me, Alan Moore in 1985, that it would be pirates. I see. Mm. Interesting. Um, Tell us about how libertarians were right all along. (laughs) That's something Alan Moore believes? (laughs) That's what, that seems to be the point of view of uh, Watchmen. Mm. (sighs) Watchmen has a lot of complicated politics in it. Yes, I don't. That's true. I don't know if you can deduce the beliefs of Alan Moore from any of his writing because all of it is so at odds with the rest of it. Yeah, I, I honestly think that's the only way you can talk about politics in like popular media mm. without it being preachy. You have to kind of be like, who knows what I believe? Yeah. Yeah. Although it's, it's irritating when you see someone and they're like, uh, capitalism sucks. You're like, hey, capitalism does suck. This guy's cool. And then you keep paying attention to him and he's like, also, communism and socialism suck. And you're like, wait a minute, now what? Yeah. I don't yeah. trust you anymore, buddy. The problem, the problem with this philosophy is that you read an Alan Moore comic and you're like, yeah, capitalism does suck and like, government can be fascism so easily. You're absolutely right. And then you get to a part and you're like, are you saying that you think that rape is overly punished? Because that I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I suddenly, I don't know that any of the things I've read are, are something I want to agree with anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's always disappointing. <sighs> I yeah. like just never knowing a, a creative person's um, controversial beliefs, because like... <laughs> For example, death of the author person. Yeah, I would prefer that they die as soon as they finish writing their great work. Uh, (laughs) Like, for example, if in, I don't know, let's say August 2007, J.K. Rowling just got in a massive car wreck and died, I think that would have been better for literature. Um, I'm not going to go back in time and crash her car. (laughs) Yes, FBI, none of us are planning to go back in time and kill J.K. Rowling. Or like if... Good job, Jeff. Thank you. I know, I covered for us. Or like, I really enjoyed Frank Miller's take on Batman in the 80s. Did not so much enjoy his take on uh, what if Batman punished Muslims for 9-11 that he wrote in like 2008. (laughs) Yep. Uh He was one of several, uh, like, weird boomer uh, writers who became ultra-conservative after 9-11. When we... When I was driving home after Thanksgiving, we were in a lot of traffic, because it was Thanksgiving, um, and there was a a big accident on the side of the road where several cars were damaged. Including J.K. Rowling's car in 2007. (laughs) (laughs) One of the cars that was extremely badly damaged was a car that had a very large uh, Punisher decal Uh on the rearview window, and I, foolishly, was like, they probably had it coming. And then I had to explain to my father-in-law why people who think that <laughs> you the said Punisher that out loud. Okay. I know. I don't know why. 
I had to explain to him why people who like the Punisher enough to put their a decal on their car are definitely bad people. Yeah, and probably a cop, so they definitely deserved it in Minecraft. Yep. Yep. I mean, I don't think anyone died, but if it was a cop, they should have in Minecraft. <laughs> uh, anyway, Matt, what did you do this week? Um, I have been. Uh, let's see. What well, do I, I, want to talk I have about? been sometimes too, like for dinner. <laughs> yes, it's good for your proteins. Huh? I have been on my. I have been on a new low-fat diet because my doctor told me to, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been eating a lot more beans. And man, you get tired of beans pretty quick, you guys. <laughs> What if you put a little bit of ham in there? I like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of antithematic. Anathematic. Anathematic. No, keep trying. No, let Matt keep doing this. Also, I don't really like ham. I know. I know it's a controversial statement, but I don't really like it. I like pork, but ham is the worst pork. Wrong. What about bacon, then, in your beans? That's also good. Yeah, I mean, that's very good. You're right. But I, that's even more bad for <laughs> What about a, a little bit diet? of ecstasy to help you really enjoy those <laughs> oh, beans? Oh, here we go. So you're just touching the beans, being like, these are great. <laughs> uh, I will say, sinking your hand into a bowl full of dried beans yes. is one of the greatest sensations you can experience. That's why they put those on those busy tables for kids. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to put their hand in some lentils. Yes. <laughs> For kids, in quotes. <laughs> in Minecraft? Wait, what's happening now? No, because I, an adult, also want to do a busy table, is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, of course. And you'd be so much better at it, because you're an adult. You should have I know, right? Table. Oh, man, you know those things, those, like, rubber, like, pop things where there's little bubbles that you can pop, and then they refill? Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes, I am so hesitant about them, because they don't look satisfying. <laughs> I, I don't know if they look satisfying, but I do, every time I see them, think, <laughs> and this shows you how bad my brain is, but every time I see one, I think, I could do great at that. <laughs> yeah. I could pop those bubbles so fucking fast, you guys. Do great at that. that yeah, thing which I know! Is, that thing which is not a uh, skill measuring whatsoever. <laughs> it's true. I don't know why, but I every time I see it, I'm like, I would be so much better than a baby at that. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, I'm going to continue my series of just talking about things that they talked about on the Besties the week before. Uh-huh. Sorry. But I have been playing the uh, game that everyone said came out of nowhere, Unsighted. Uh-huh, Okay. Um, Jeff, have you played this game yet? No, but I have heard of it. I actually took your recommendation from last week, and I've been playing Carpocalypse pretty hardcore this week. Enjoying it? Uh, yeah. It's, I had to, it took some getting used to, because it's not the, like, uh, roguelike deck builder style of card game. It is more like you're collecting cards and building a deck like Pokemon or Magic. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, yes, I have been enjoying it. Hooray. Well, when you're done with that, you absolutely have to play Unsighted, because... Uh, it is, it's a pixel art, st- first of all, it's free on Game Pass, if you have Game Pass, and you can play it on PC Ooh. or Xbox for free, uh, and if not, it is on Switch, but I think it's like $12 or something. <clears throat> um, it is a pixel art style, sort of in, in the visual style of like a, like a Link to the Past, or maybe even a little bit earlier like a late-generation NES game. 
Um, but it is a, uh, like a sort of isometric, uh, exploring game in the style of a Legend of Zelda game where you, each, each square of the map you explore, you fight enemies, you uncover keys and puzzles, you get equipment that makes puzzles easier to solve, etc., etc. Um, it is, uh, themed after a, a future world where robot, human-like robots have been built and then some alien force has given them sentience, uh, and the humanity of this world has decided that they don't like that, and so they have started a war against these sentient robots, and the sentient robots, of which you play one, uh, are trying to figure out a way to survive against the humans that are uh, attacking them. Hmm, okay. <clears throat> um, but the idea is... Uh, the way that the humans have done this is that they figured out a way to lock off the alien force that gives the robots sentience. And so all of the robots have a certain amount of this energy still left in them, but they don't have a way to replenish that energy anymore. So as you are exploring the world, both your character and every NPC you meet has a clock that is visible every time you talk to them, that is how many hours they have left before they lose their minds forever and become an automaton again. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember them talking about some besties. Um, and what's really good about it is, as you explore the world, you find new sources of this energy that you can give to the NPCs. And so what it, it becomes is basically, if Legend of Zelda had a... Uh, persona style social system um Mm. where every npc you can become better friends with by giving them more energy to keep them alive longer and then as as you get better friends with them they give you uh upgrades and things Mm -hmm. that's fine um it's very good there's a there's a pretty good crafting system in the game as well it's one of those games that was made after a kickstarter campaign so there's a lot of like tacked on mechanics that were clearly stretch goals Mm. like there's a fishing thing that you don't actually have to do as far as i can tell it's completely (laughs) meaningless but that's fine a friend Um, online said that any game that has fishing in it but is not a fishing game has better fishing than any fishing game and i have that's probably true (laughs) although i hear there's like a stardew valley style fishing game out there now that everyone's saying is good that i might need to check out so there was also like 25 years ago the harvest moon people also made legend of the river king as a series of (laughs) fishing games in the harvest moon style was yeah. it any good? Uh, I don't know. I never played them. I've always, I was always like, hmm, is it time to start Legend of the River King? No, mm. it's not. <laughs> no, yeah. it never is. There's so many games. <laughs> I think about that whenever I look through my Netflix uh, uh, library. That's <laughs> like things you said you wanted to watch later. Is it so finally? Time? Is it time no. to start watching Lilyhammer? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um. Anyway. How, did you? Did either of you ever play Cave Story? Yes, I yeah. love Cave Story. Okay, if Cave Story was gameplay wise closer to the Legend of Zelda games, then it would be unsighted. Hmm. Okay. So, Jeff, you like all of the things I just said, and so I recommend Unsighted to you the most. I- Louisa, I still think you would like it as well. It's, I mean, it plays exactly like. A Link to the Past, or A Link Between Worlds. Okay, I do like that. So, I think it's very good. Apparently it was made by two 
uh, non-binary developers in South America, I believe, uh, and it is an extremely queer game, which I like. Uh, it is not... It is... There are many characters who are humanoid but still gender non-specific, and the characters that are gender-specific... Uh, do not allow that to constrain them from the ways in which they interact with one another. So, for instance, the main character is femme-presenting, uh, and she has a girlfriend, I think? Uh, I don't know. I'm still uncovering some of the plot. But uh, it, it seems like it's a, it, the utopia of the robot society in this game is presented as one that is partially utopic because of the fact that it is... Uh, unconcerned with gender roles, which is good, hmm. I think. It's nice. Okay. I, uh, I, whenever I'm crafting any, like, from a story down to, like, making a D&D character, if they are not humans from a, hu- like, basic analog human society, I have so much trouble, like, justifying why there would be any concept of gender for them. Uh, like, my new character in our D&D game is a robot, and my justification comes down to, well, the people who made the robots a hundred years ago or whatever made them look like men, so he's a boy just because that's how he will be perceived by others, because that is how uh, the, like, crafters of the original robots made robots look. I've always enjoyed the idea of robots like in the distant future finding it quaint to choose a gender to present as mm. um terry pratchett kind of plays with that with his concept of golems where there are golems in his fantasy world and some of them are like i i prefer the aesthetic of fe- females so i'm going to be a female now um and i think that that's great i love the idea of of characters in a non-binary uh fantasy class of people deciding like it's okay it's okay to be gender neutral it's also okay to be like i want to be this one gender and i'm going to lean into it i think that's the best yeah yeah i um i was playing a tabaxi in another game and i was just like well what what gender is the character i was like i think people are gonna clock this character as male just because like all cats are boys we all know this oh. about cats. <laughs> Wait, I thought I thought men were like dogs and women were like cats. That's what eighties comedians have taught me. Mm, no, uh, women are shopping and men drive like this. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> like a cat driving a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, men drive like tunes and women be shopping. <laughs> you were getting closer to actually true statements. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just like. I don't freak like, would humanoid cats care about which ones are boys and girls? Probably not. Like, they're- Why? Wait, hold on. I don't know that I agree with that. I think, like, from a reproduction standpoint, sure. But there is less, uh, there's- Humans have- Secondary gender traits. In addition to the secondary sexual characteristics of humans, we also have, like, all of the other wearables- <laughs> That we add on, uh, which other animals don't have. Or, like, if you look at elves, they all just kind of wear flowy dresses and have long hair. And then dwarves all have beards and do fighting. It's like, they're kind of monogender societies. Uh, So, I don't know. Whenever I'm I'm making a fantasy character, I'm like, uh, if they're not human, I don't... 
I have to think about like the development you, of gender among <laughs> dwarves. I know. I oh, sorry, go on. Just real quick, you know what would be interesting is uh, trying to deal with that in a sentient species that has strong sexual dimorphism. Yeah. Mm. Like then, what do you do about how they feel about gender? Because there's a instant recognizable difference between the two. Anyway, it's a complicated idea. They played with that a tiny bit in World of Warcraft when they uh, introduced a species that were like dragon people, because the female dragon people are like extremely horny anime lizard girls, and then the male ones are like fucking like the thing (laughs) or like. Uh, the Incredible Hulk style giant monster men. It's like that chart of fantasy creatures where it's like an orc and an ant, and like the male version are all these different creatures, and then the female version is just a woman colored that color. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, is that is that them playing with it or just doing? Well, it? I was. Just, yeah. I mean, that wasn't the end of my thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> they they had um some discussion about the idea of like the roles of men and women in that society that, that you could explore by talking to NPCs in this in the city and i wish that they had gone further with it but i think they actually backed away from that which Cowards. is not great mm-hmm. 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 um anyway i think that what would be good would be to make your tabaxi be like to other species extremely gender neutral but to other tabaxi, they're like, oh, he's so manly, and it's all because of, like, pheromones and stuff, like the things that cats use to identify gender from yeah. a distance. Yeah, I, I think that it would be, uh, I, I think that it would be something that would matter if I encountered, like, other members of the same species, but, like, otherwise just, like, he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, are we... Yeah, I think it's time. Right, do it. Um, so what we do on this show for a very small part of the show is <laughs> we go to uh, the WikiHow suggested articles page and we put a random word into the suggested articles box so that we can see a list of things that people have asked for advice on on WikiHow related to that word. And then we don't write articles to help them because that would be too helpful. Instead, we talk about it here on our show so that they'll never hear it. Uh, and today, the random word we got was push. Mm, I'm disappointed that there's no advice on how to push it. Push it real good. <laughs> like, there's yep. nothing. Well, because we already got full instructions on how to do that from salt and pepper. That's true. <laughs> Did spend the only response, <laughs> the only response would be to tell Jeff to put that song at the end of the episode. And he will refuse because he pretends he doesn't know what we're talking <laughs> about. Or pretend I don't know what songs or episodes are. Mm, yep. Their contributions by Dr. Spinderella. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Esquire. That's right. Oh, a doctor and a lawyer. Amazing. Yep. Wow. <laughs> She's a real catch. And a DJ. Yep. She does it all. Yep. Where's her 70s uh, crime show where she uh, goes yeah, that's, out at night to catch vampires? That's like the 70s version of an EGOT. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> that's the thing that pushed it over the edge for Jeff. Push. Yeah, Push. secret word. Everybody scream. Yeah. Yep. Ah, okay, ah, you, guys, you guys do it. Okay, good. <laughs> ah. Oh, did you guys know that Spinderella's age is unknown? Huh, hmm. that's suspicious. Uh, I don't think I ever heard her speak. She was born she was in... always just on the ones and twos. She was born in either 1970 or 1971. Sources differ. Hmm, 
Mm. I feel like this is the kind of thing she said a million times and it's like pinned on her Twitter where she's like, I was born in this year, I don't know why Wikipedia is wrong (laughs) and no one will fix it. (laughs) Either that or she was the original, that guy from the gorillas who is creating a persona, a stage persona that is like separated from her human identity. Yeah. You saying she was an actor hired by Salt and Pepper? Yeah. I'm saying she was a series of actors. The the character exists independent of Mm. the person personifying. Yeah. I think like a Spider-Man. I think DJ Spinderella killed JFK. Mm, It's the only thing that makes sense anymore. Does anything make sense (laughs) anymore? (laughs) Oh man. Could somebody please make a ringtone? That's just Louisa going, (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so how to push button start? Um, press the button. You're gonna know. Yeah, there's a button that says start, and you push it. It's gonna be red or shiny, or have like one of those little LED rings around it to let you know that's the button. Or it might be uh like an oblong shape that just says start above it, and maybe it's like a squishy rubber. Oh yes, sure. Um. Do you guys think that, do you guys remember when you were a kid and you would play video games and it would say push the start button to begin or whatever, Mm. and actually you could push any button and it would begin? That still happens and still bothers me. I hate it. (laughs) Yes, but sometimes they did require you to push the start button and that made me even madder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just want to mash A until I start playing the game. Yeah. Yeah, just say push any button. Yeah. You don't have to... Ugh. Anyway, it's so annoying. I want to mash A until my character is named Ah, and my farm is named Ah, and my horse and dog are named Ah. <laughs> you trying to speedrun uh, Stardew Valley, I guess? Yeah. No, Jeff was playing the Ah Real Monsters video game. <laughs> yeah, I go to school with these monsters, and I go, Ah, they're real! Yeah. Was that the premise for the... In school? I never saw it. I think they lived in a sewer? Does that sound right? Is this the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Odd Real Monsters was weird. Was that that was the same studio as Rugrats, right? That's why it looked so ugly? Probably. Huh. Yeah. Nintendo couldn't get enough of that dumb shit. Nintendo? Nintendo. Nickelodeon. I meant Nickelodeon. Yeah. Nickelodeon and Nintendo have a lot in common if you think about it, guys. Mm. Yeah, they're the same. Really history. makes you think. Yep. yep, Nickelodeon started in 1889 as a playing card company. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do they still make playing cards? They should, right? Uh, I bet you could get a, like, Mario-themed tarot deck or whatever. <laughs> they they do make uh, Hanafuda cards still that you can purchase as, like, a, hey, remember when? Yeah. You don't, because it was a hundred years ago, but remember when? That's smart. That's good thinking. Yeah. I like they Matt's don't... idea, though, because it's Nintendo who hate to make money, so what they would actually do is not make that uh, deck, but like 50 million artists have made a tarot deck and are making money from it, and Nintendo could, but they won't. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like there is actually a Mario tarot deck, which is a, a shame. I mean, I guess it would have to be officially licensed for it to be out there. Like, there's some fan art of, like... What's that? What's the the princess from Mario Galaxy? Rosalina. Rosalina. Don't describe any Rosalina fan art card. to me, please. <laughs> We've already I looked mean, at it's Rosalina the, fan art. <laughs> it's not at all horny. It's just the star card from Tarot, but Rosalina is on it. Oh, that makes sense. You makes know what? Sense. Every time I think about her, I think her name's Celestina, just because that would make sense, and Rosalina yeah. fucking doesn't. <laughs> Yeah. Does Peach oh. make sense as the princess of the Mushroom Kingdom? 
Uh, no, but as an idea of, like, we're gonna name this character a cute name, kind of. Yeah, same thing for Rosalina. No! Give her a cute name. It's like Who a cares? Human, a regular human name. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you guys remember the fan theory that Rosalina is Luigi's uh, daughter from a distant future? Yes, I'm aware of this. It's pretty is that cool. the same as, um, what's her name from Donkey Kong? Paulina. Pauline, Pauline or yeah. Paulina? I thought it was Pauline. Paula. Isn't it just Paula? No. I don't think so. She was the mayor of New Donk City and I yes. don't remember anymore. <laughs> New Donk City is still so funny. <laughs> yeah, Pauline, oh, you're right. They have the same kind of face, Pauline and Rosalina. Yeah, and Peach, they all have that same face. <laughs> and what's the what's the other one? The one that's actually Luigi's girlfriend, supposedly? Daisy? Daisy, that's the no, one. She's gay. <laughs> okay. I am annoyed that uh, Princess Peach, they're like, let's make it all the like uh, stereotypical girly ideals. And then with Peach, they're like, let's do that again, but, like, ugly this time. <laughs> so, like, she's got... Daisy? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yes. Daisy. She's got, like, a yellow dress with green daisies on it. <laughs> like, what are you doing? She has a weird haircut. Ugh, I kind of like it. She's got that, like, rejecting traditional stuff, but still being girly vibe. I, I don't know. I think don't it's think okay. It looks bad. <laughs> Every decision she's made is bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I find her so identifiable. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all intentional. It's this like this yeah. willful unfashionability. Uh, yeah, she's a real Avril Lavigne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's wearing a t shirt and a necktie. And, well, we can all agree that Luigi is the Chad Kroger of the Nintendo verse. <laughs> yeah, the Virgin Mario versus the Chad Luigi. We all agree. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff, that's the joke that you can make about fucking Chad Kroger. Come on. <laughs> Look at this photograph. It's got yeah. haunted ghosts in it. Does he take photographs of the ghosts in Luigi's Mansion? I haven't played the game. <laughs> no, it's not a fatal frame, frame, frame game. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, that is the crossover we've been waiting for, though, uh, right? But it could be, because that's how you deal with ghosts, according to shows where people pretend they're dealing with ghosts. God, I, I love... Mean, he vacuums them up. I love the concept of Luigi photographing, like, actual horror monster ghosts. <laughs> like, not be not big, chubby, cartoon Ghostbusters ghosts, but, like, really <laughs> scary The Ring ghosts. Have you ever That's played right. Fatal Frame, either of you? Uh, no, yeah. too scary. It keeps getting recommended to me on Steam, and I'm like, eh, maybe sometime, I don't know, but... It keeps on getting recommended, and then when I click on it, it's like, warning, this has this game has been flagged for sexual content. Is there a sexy part of that game that is about a little girl being terrified by demon ghosts? There might be naked ghosts in it. That's not... Is that... I think that's part of the problem, is that I can sit... If somebody is naked in a non consensually sexy kind of way i do not consider that to be sexual content or erotic at all it's just scary yeah there should be a tag for like upsetting nudity yes <laughs> where it's like it's it's a threat that you're seeing this person naked it is not yes. sexual content yeah when I, it's true when i when i would uh on the rare occasion that we would cover a story that would require such a warning uh for creepypasta i would uh generally refer to that as sexual menace just generally. I like that. Yeah. I like the the precision of non-specificity. I like that it kind of sounds like a roller derby name also. <laughs> sexual menace? Yeah. Dennis the sexual menace. 
Oh, no. I'm trying to turn it into a name like Sexual Menace. <laughs> yeah, Sexu, you know, that name that people have. That's the problem. Oh, we can do better than this. I have to think Yeah, we can do better than this by not trying to turn Sexual Menace into a fun, sexy name. That's the I main way we could do better. I wish you had stopped at earlier in that sentence and just yelled, yeah, we could do better than this, but I'm not trying. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, man. Because uh, that's pretty much the tagline of this show. Speaking of roller derbies, how to push off with rollerblades. Mm-hmm. Is this from a wall or the ground? Because I don't know how to do either. Sort of diagonal. You have to just sort of diagonal it. Yeah, it's from, I think they mean, like, how to start going forward when there's nothing to push right. off of with your arms. And Jeff is Jeff is right. You need to make your one set of wheels be perpendicular to your other set of wheels. That can't be true. Perpendicular or parallel? No, no perpendicular, perpen- yeah. so that you can push in oh, a I direction, see what you're saying. like the that the wheels don't turn. Yeah, the general idea is uh, probably a uh, steeper angle is required to start, but then. Uh, you can kind of just, like, shallow angle push diagonally backwards uh, so that you're getting, like, enough momentum, but your wheels aren't fully stopping. Mm, rollerblades don't have those uh, brake blocks like roller skates do, right? Sometimes they no, do. No, they do. They, oh, okay. Well, skates have them in the front, but rollerblades usually have them in the back, mm. so you, like, lean backwards to brake. Hmm, sounds dangerous. I like now. I like the idea that this is asking like push off a person where you're like in a fight with someone and you try Mm -hmm. to push them, but you're wearing rollerblades and it just pushes you backwards instead (laughs) of pushing them. Uh, I consider that a net win. You're still getting away from it, right? (laughs) Yeah, I like um, I like the idea of rollerblades, but I feel like if I tried to rollerblade now, my ankles would instantly snap. And my feet would fall off of my body. Like, I would put the rollerblades on, stand up, and then fall over and my feet would go rolling into traffic away from me. Yeah, I remember, I used to love rollerblading, and I I remember how tired it would make my ankles, and even then thinking, like, this probably means something bad is happening. Uh, for both of you, though, if you got good rollerblades... Uh, that properly came up to, like, mid-calf and, like, were your correct size and laced on correctly. That would solve both those problems, right? Maybe. None of them lace. They all have those bindings. Come on. Okay, well, I'm thinking about roller skates still. The, the, yeah. the, I think the issue is that uh, when I was young, all of my body parts were uh, soft and malleable because I was still growing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so... But then you put away such childish things. Yep, and then I decided to, to become brittle. Yeah, I'm, you decided I'm not going to have a cartilage skeleton like a shark anymore. I'm going to calcify up this <laughs> yeah. son of a bitch. Instead, I'm going to have a hat like a shark's fin. <laughs> like, it... like a grown man would have. <laughs> I think if I got rollerblades in the modern day, I would be extremely disappointed that the technology hadn't advanced more. Because yeah. when they first came out, it was like a fucking ski boot you put on that had wheels on the bottom. Yeah. They, have they gotten any better? And if not, why not? I don't think I've seen anyone rollerblading since maybe the mid-90s. Yeah. Uh, I see people rollerblading occasionally. What do they, those rollerblades look like? Uh, like the normal kind, honestly. So they haven't changed? No. Like with the ski boot style? They might be, like, slimmer than that now, but 
overall have not changed very much. I mean, the roller skates haven't changed very much either. If anything, we've rolled back, no pun intended, roller skate technology to be like, no, it needs to be the tan high-top boot with a big, bulky, like, wheel chassis underneath. Yeah, which is the correct way to do it, because those looked very cool, and the ones that came later didn't look so cool. What about the great leap forward we had of Heelys? Was that a great leap forward, or was it a trip forward and a smashing your face onto the sidewalk? And a squeak as you skid your sneakers on the mall uh, hallway floor. Then you get detention and break your arm and nose. You guys are definitely going with revisionist history here, where you're forgetting all of the great things that Healy's brought into our lives. Like the the Broadway musical of The Little Mermaid, where all of the characters could swim across the stage with their Healy's on. Oh man, I think that there is no better use case for Healy's than uh, to make it appear as if someone is floating across a stage... And that's it. Yeah. Zero yeah. other things. Yeah. But I'm just saying, that technology has to be applicable to rollerblades to make them not look like you're wearing fucking Voltron armor. No, it's the thing. It's sort of like how a lot of good Earth-based technology practices came from NASA trying to put a person on the moon, which is an insane mm-hmm. and stupid thing to do. Mm, like mm. instant pudding, you're right. Exactly. Or, uh, uh, mm, Tang. Yeah, there we go. Astronaut what ice cream. Uh, How does this relate to rollerblades? <laughs> it's, uh, well, actually, I guess it's more like, uh, the heat shielding ended up being... Um, something that we use in things like on Earth, right? If you're about to tell me rollerblades were invented to go to Mars, I'm not going to believe you. No, I'm I'm saying that... I don't remember what I'm saying, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Uh, How do you fix a push mower? You put that motherfucker right in a dumpster behind the 7-Eleven and you go buy a real start mower. You approach it menacingly, punching your hand, saying, oh, I'm going to fix you. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then you throw it in the garbage (laughs) yeah i mean define fix because it's already kind of pre-broken if you think about it (laughs) yes i guess you could put an engine in it (laughs) do those work if they're like super sharp or something because i've never had one or seen one work well the problem is yes it works if it's super sharp but it gets dull like halfway through one lawn and then you need to sharpen it again. And if you don't have like a Dremel with the sharpening attachment, mm-hmm. you you can't do it yourself. So you have to like take it to one of those tinkers that travel from county fair to county fair. Yeah, I'm imagining uh, Beetle from The Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Is that that guy's name who has the big beetle backpack and sells you things? And he goes, "Hi, thank you." You know the guy. Tingle. You're thinking of Tingle, no, the pervert no, Tingle. not the pervert Tingle. Beetle's in Breath of the Wild, yeah, yeah. and he gets super excited if you give I him a beetle. I can't believe that there is a canonical pervert in, the, <laughs> in Hyrule. Yeah. Although I like that the creator has said, like, no, he's just, like, a 40-year-old guy who really loves fairies. Yeah, he's, he's not, not a pervert. pervert. He's just a creep. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a pervert. I he's just that. a loser. I love that that explanation, all that explanation does is make me understand that the creator is also a person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very <sighs> funny. Oh, man, oh, man. Oh, boy. Can we talk about how often we get questions on WikiHow where the answer is just 
do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, how to push oneself when running. When you when you want to stop running, don't. Yeah. Uh, how <laughs> That's it. <laughs> how to come up with a slogan for your shoe brand. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, how about making a playlist of 80s music montages for working out? Ooh, okay. So we've got Eye of the Tiger, of course. Uh-huh. I'm gonna Fly Now, also from Rocky. Yep. Don't Stop Me Now by Queen, for sure. Is that from a movie or just a good song for Oh, it has to be from a movie. It doesn't have to be, but... But it should be. That's what I was thinking. Um, mm. You're the best from Karate Kid. Yep. I'm sure I can think of more. <laughs> anyway, this is a very good idea, is what I'm saying. This is how you would push yourself when running? Yeah, you yeah. put one of those okay. songs on and you're like, now I can do it. Yeah, time yourself how long you can run and put on some, like, Leonard Cohen for that amount of time. And then have it kick in with, like, burp! Like, Like, yes, I do feel St. Elmo's fire burning in me. I do feel it. Uh I I am rising up back to the streets. (laughs) I feel like there was, somebody came up with an app that you could do that was like one of those, like, you know, running encouragement apps Mm -hmm. um, that were popular maybe five years ago, like the Zombies Run style, that they had a thing where you could push a button when you needed help or like you needed extra encouragement and it would and you like it would play one of your power jams that you had <laughs> queued up uh-huh so i guess do that yeah. yeah that does sound like a good idea yeah uh do the opposite of what i do um when i'm walking home from work and i really need to calm myself down i put on a playlist called calm down that currently mm-hmm. only has two songs on it uh, mm-hmm. Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen and Atlantic City by Bruce Springsteen. So find okay. the opposite of those two songs. <laughs> yeah, find find a playlist called Calm Up. <laughs> find a playlist called Up Down. Wait. <laughs> I like the idea of a calm down, like, chill wave uh, playlist that makes you so calm that you're like, I'm just going to take a quick nap on this pile of trash bags, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm going to finish going home. No, if I... Like, I get too tired from being stressed out that when I get home, I just fall asleep for an hour sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I tried for a long time to write a tabletop RPG where you could, there was like a playlist that everyone contributed to, and all of the players could pick a song that would be their character's theme song, mm-hmm. and then you would put shuffle on the playlist, and then when your character's theme song came up, you, like, during that that song you got advantage on everything your character did nice it seemed like a really good idea but the pacing of tabletop rpgs is such that like your character's song would come on but it wouldn't be your turn in combat yeah and then everyone would spend the whole song arguing about armor class or whatever yeah that is the problem so that's why it never happened but i always thought it was a good Concept. I just never figured out how to execute it. It should be that should be how you determine um, uh, mm, fighting order. I forget what that's called. What's that called? Uh, initiative. Initiative. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You should just start. You should shuffle it and then hit start, and then whoever song comes on first, they go first. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But then they finish their turn and their song's still on, and you have to wait another three minutes before you know who goes next. <laughs> Yeah, everyone gets real psyched up for taking You're like, turn. fuck you for picking Hotel California, Louisa. <laughs> you gotta stab this beast with your steely knives. Use steely knives on mm-hmm. beast. Yep. Oh, fuck. Jeff picked American Pie. Yep. 
Yeah, I'm doing, uh, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that, the 12 and a half minute version. He gets a plus three on armor for that coat he borrowed from James Dean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> How to do push-ups. Just do them. What you do is you get into push-up position, and you're like, this actually feels good, I'm being physical. You do one, and you're like, wow, I'm actually doing really good. You do yeah. two, and then you're like, this sucks, and I never want to do this ever again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm I'm so much more advanced than you, Louisa, because I want to stop doing it and never do it again before I even do one. <laughs> Step one is lay face down on the floor. Step two is God fall asleep. Why would you ever go on to step two once you've entered the yeah. ideal position for life? <laughs> it's true, Jeff. I feel like you would do that, and then Gideon, your cat, would come and sit on your back, and then you'd be like, "Well, I'm just going to stay here now." Yeah, I'm not doing. Yeah, it. sit on my back so I can do push-ups better. <laughs> I'm not doing push-ups with twenty extra pounds on me. That's crazy. <clears throat> <clears throat> There's one on here that says how to do a push down, and I feel like I probably know what that means, but I don't know how it could be different than a push-up. Is that where you put your feet up on something? You buy a flight to Australia first, and then do a push-up there. Mm. Pretty Mm -hmm. good. Push down under. Maybe it's you do a thing where you, like, you're doing the push-up, but you're, like... In your mind, you're you're saying you're just uh, floating up to the sky, and then you have to use your muscles to go back down because the Earth doesn't want you to do that. Like, is it maybe just thinking that way? Yeah, the Earth doesn't want you to do push downs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's magnets in your fight. Here's one secret that the Earth that wishes you didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, for how to do push downs. Local woman does push downs. Earth hates her. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it's a picture of Louisa looking smarmy, arms crossed, mm-hmm. fashionable blazer on. You know what's fucked up? Doing that kind of, like, uh, imaginary uh, constructive thinking really does work. Like, if I'm having trouble getting to sleep and I do the thing where you're like, I'm going to take in a deep breath, and then I'm going to envision this dark cloud of bad things going out of my lungs as I breathe out, that does help you get to sleep. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything but breathing, which you're doing anyway. Yeah, I feel like a lot of, like, yoga and stuff is just teaching you the toolbox of being able to control the way you visualize your own body. Yeah. And the fact that that works is very annoying to me, (laughs) a person who wants to believe that our bodies are just machines, but they're not. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I usually will close my eyes and try to, um, sort of swim through the little blotches and spots that you see when you close your eyes. Jack, you're closing your eyes too hard. (laughs) Yeah, it does Uh, sound like you are. Phosphor? Phosphors? Is that what those are called? No one knows. Um, But yeah, that usually helps. By the time I get a couple levels deep, I'm like, uh, you know, falling asleep. (laughs) Pretty good. How to push film. What is that? Push film. Uh, Like a... Like how into a um, camera reel to reel. What are they called? The things that play them in the movie uh, projector. Yes, you're, is that so, what we're talking about? you're someone like Quentin Tarantino or Christopher Nolan, and you're like, digital is garbage. We need to only make movies on film. Mm. Yeah. Mm, okay. It, no, the fact that it's worse is good. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it, the yeah. fact that it's harmful to the environment and a and poor quality makes it better somehow. Is it? Is it harmful to the environment, film? I think that cellulose is, like, 
the the manufacture process is much more resource intensive than digital filming. Mm. Hmm. <clears throat> it is made of trees, so that could be true. I have no way to prove it wrong. Yep. <sighs> A lot of these are how to push during labor, and I feel like you should have somebody there during yeah. labor to do no, you, to tell you, you what, how. Google it while when it starts happening. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's a new age corny thing to say, like, oh, your body will know what to do, but I kind of think your body will know what to do on that one, right? I've heard that you yeah, do have to push like I've got, pooping. I've got 40 years of practice of denying my body doing what it wants to do. <laughs> and I feel like I'm not sure I know the difference anymore. Good news, Matt. I don't think you're ever going to have to give birth. Well, who knows? Technology. With these liberals in the medical community, am I right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Nanobots. You're gonna get friggin' yeah. junior. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, I feel like, I feel like this is one instance where your body, like with throwing up, your body is gonna tell you what it wants so clearly, you're not even gonna be able to resist it. Yeah, but you, I mean, you've resisted throwing up before. We all have. Like, I, I don't think you can hold it in when it's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what if, like, I guess what I'm saying is your instinct, your body versus your instinct may be giving you conflicting signals because your instinct is to not, like, shit in front of a bunch of people. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like even if you do it wrong, and there are ways to do it wrong, it's still gonna end up the correct way. (laughs) I mean, that's ignoring thousands of years of high infant mortality and also mother mortality. (laughs) That's true, but once it's going, what are you going to do about it, really? Mother mortality sounds like... It's just going to happen. Mother mortality would be a great name for a folklore character. Ooh, that is good. Also a a good roller derby. A roller... Mm. Ooh, wow. Mother mortality, fuck, that's good. Now entering the ring, mother mortality. Oh my god. (laughs) Backed up by whatever the other one we said was. What was it again? Sexual menace. No! (laughs) That's too menacing. (laughs) (laughs) How to push a coin through a table. You cannot put... You can... You can... No easy... No easier can a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven than you can push a coin... Through a... whatever you said. This is why David yeah. Copperfield is the only person in hell. <laughs> Put your coin through a table. There it is. You know, that's what I thought you said, but my mind was like, that doesn't make sense. I can't possibly repeat that. I would sound insane. <laughs> so this is a magic trick, right? Yeah. Yes. Like I'll never tell. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I will. Wait, let me put on this creepy black and white mask and then reveal the magician's secret. How dare you? I hate you! <laughs> <laughs> You've got two coins, you dumb shit. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, you put one in your hand in like a flourish. That's all magic tricks, um, basically. You? Yeah, you put the one coin on top, and then you like put hide that one in your sleeve without anyone noticing. Yeah, uh-huh. you and, and then you and your twin brother live as one man. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yes, and then you have to decide which of you dies every night. Mm, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I think we're conflating several aspects of the film, but that's fine. A while ago, I haven't seen either of those two movies that are almost the same, but a while ago I was like, what no, if I did a double feature of them? That would be cool. And literally neither of them are available. You mean on the stream. Prestige and The Illusionist? Yes. The Prestige should be on HBO Max. 
Maybe it is now, but when I checked, neither were available anywhere streaming. Huh. The Prestige was the good one, right? That was the one with David know. Bowie as That was the one Nikola with David Tesla. Bowie as Tesla. I, I've yeah. heard The Illusionist is good, but it's a different type of movie. I like The Prestige, okay? I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I, well, someday maybe I can watch it. Here's the thing. I kind of like every Christopher Nolan movie. I think they're all pretty good. <laughs> Here's my thing. I kind of like every Christmas movie. Mm. Except a Christmas story. Yeah, I don't actually think that's true. I just thought that that's what Jeff was about to say, and I was really interested in the idea. (laughs) Jeff, have you seen uh, Memento? How do you feel about Memento? Uh, Memento's very good. I did have it spoiled for me before I saw it. Yeah, that is, like, I I think most people would argue that that's his best film. Yeah, I thought you were going to (laughs) really gotcha, Jeff, by being like, what do you think about Stuart Little or whatever? (laughs) Something that Christopher Nolan did that no one knows he did. No, uh, Stuart Little was written by M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Yes, I know that. Okay. I thought I was gonna gotcha Jeff by him not having seen it because a lot of people haven't seen him. Oh no, his movies I have not seen are uh, what's the most recent one? Fran Tenet. Yeah, I haven't seen Tenet. Uh, I haven't seen Following, which was his student film right before Memento, and I haven't seen Insomnia, which is the film he made like a year or two before Batman is Begins. The, is that the Robin Williams one? <laughs> Maybe I think Al Pacino is in it. Oh, yes. Takes place in, like, a snow area. Yeah, Rob Williams Williams, is in it, too. He is? Okay. Okay. He also did one where he was, like, a guy at a photo-developing place that was, like, a stalker. One-hour photo. One-hour photo. he says the phrase... came out, like, ten years after digital photography was invented (laughs) and no one used photo places anymore. Neon Genesis Evangelion, he says in that movie, which is not how you pronounce that, but also very funny that a child was buying an Evangelion toy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts. Yep. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He was a scientist. <laughs> it was the creepy version of 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alright, well thanks everyone for listening to our show. Um, if you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice and tell all your friends about the show so that we continue to, to grow as an, uh, as a show, as a show, I'm going to say show mm-hmm. a lot more, yeah. many more times. Um, uh, yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at hack the net pod, or you can join our discord. We, every week we have a little bit of a discussion about what we talked about on the previous week's episode. Um, so if you have things you want to say about what we said here, you just need to message us on Mastodon and we'll send you an invite to the Discord. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. My things are also available online. I'm going to leave you with a recommendation here. Uh, go watch the movie Dunkirk. Maybe you think that Christopher Nolan movies are all three hours long and full to the brim of uh, full of itself dialogue and weird plot points. But this one is a trim hour and a half and almost nobody talks. And you get to look at... Uh, Harry Styles, Tom Hardy, and uh, friggin' Killian Murphy. Huh, I'm actually shocked that that movie is an hour and a half long. If any movie could be three hours long, it's a fucking war movie. It's because he shot it on uh, IMAX, like, film film, uh, and you cannot record dialogue on set, and also it's extremely expensive and time-consuming to uh, shoot on that type of film, but he shot the whole movie that way, so it had to be as short as possible. That's weird. Anyway, you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming out, and please come back next week. In the meantime, please don't forget that you can fuck up on the internet in so many ways. I'm not sure if other people are into it. Mother mortality!
nice. <laughs> it sounds like a Sister Christian. Or a, um, <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely R-E-S-B a heavy metal band. Song. Yeah. Mother Mortality opening for Sister Christian. <laughs> yeah. At Ozfest. Sister Christian, a Night Ranger cover band? <laughs> Night Ranger, that's the band. I was thinking R.E.S.P. Yeah. Wagon, but I knew that wasn't right. Sister Christian is a song and not a band. Speaking it's of not Alfred even Molina. a metal song. Speaking it, of Alfred Molina. What about Alfred Molina? Yeah, what about him? He sings along to Sister Christian reverently in the movie Boogie Nights for a very oh, okay. long time. Mm. <laughs> wow, that's a long is, walk. Is Night Ranger not like one of those hair metal bands? Uh, they were the They're they were in poppy, you know, glam they were in that movement episodes. of like uh, mainstream rock, like yeah. pop bands in the eighties that were very influenced by hair metal, but not actually metal. I think. Yeah, I think they were way too melodic to be true mm. metal. Yeah, like uh, sticks. Mm, yes. Mm, yeah, sticks was definitely a little more like glam rock than. But I, I would, I, it's, it's a hard, um, what's your, Day's night. Yeah, it's a hard day's mm-hmm. night. Uh, it's a hard categorization, right? Because, like, you think Guns N' Roses. For sure you would call that hair metal, right? Um, but then, like, what about Bon Jovi? They had all the same <laughs> things aesthetically, but their songs are, like, barely hard rock. Yeah, I yeah. think of all those bands as just hair bands, yeah. which helps encompass all of it. But it's very confusing when you want to buy something to tie yeah. your ponytail back. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know what I discovered? We uh, for our my playlist club, somebody the November was uh, November raining blood, so it was alternating days between <laughs> hair metal albums and thrash metal albums. Uh, huh. And we, I discovered that Skid Row with Sebastian Bach, pretty yeah. goddamn good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like I listened to their the their album "Slave to the Grind" was on there, and I'm like, "This rules! This the vocals are like actually great." Did they do something to believe in, or was that Motley Crue? Uh, it's not listed here. That song? I don't remember. Uh, okay. Monkey Business, I guess, was their biggest hit. Hmm, that one I don't know. No, that can't be their biggest hit. I don't know. 